kill you? What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, 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 you, you complete me. You're garbage, you kills for money. Don't talk like one of them, you're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. They need you right now. When they don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. See, they're morals. They're code. It's a bad joke. You've dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I'm Miles Kuglop. Hi, I'm M. Sierra Garcia. And uh, tonight we are sharing our top sci-fi and fantasy villains. Dun dun dun. Um, so, uh, yeah, but in, in with us to discuss villains, we have a very special guest that M is going to introduce. Go, M. Um. So on the on the line. Hi, yeah. caller. Yeah, um, caller number five. Long time listener, first time caller. Hey, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the diner. Here's a menu. Um, so on the phone is um, Kevin Benars. Bednars. Bednars. Okay, yeah. he is local here from the DC area. He has a super cool bar and a comic book shop, and he is putting on a convention, a big giant nerd convention, and like really close to where we live here in the DC area in uh, McLean, Virginia called NovaCon. And so I have been stalking slash chatting with Kevin a bunch mm-hmm. on all the Instagram of whatever's snaps, yep. um, all the things the kids are using these days. And um, I just want to, I, I love the, con- I, I love supporting a local comic book shop. I love supporting a local con. And this is like, and Kevin is amazing, an amazing artist. So that's like three treats in one. So everyone, this is Kevin. Wow. Thank you very much. That's very cool. I'm, I'm psyched to be on. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, it's awesome to have yeah, you Welcome here. to the diner. Yeah. Yeah, so so Kevin, so you, you're running a bar, you're running a comic book shop, and you said, you know what? I need one more thing on my plate. Let me run a convention, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's crunch time now. Um, it was actually myself, Michael McNutt, who had a podcast called The Hater Nation. He's a local personality. And our friend Fernando Mico, who runs the Northern Virginia Film Festival, um, Fernando actually came to me with the idea, and then we just took off and ran with it. So that was about a year ago that he came up to us, and we're ten day, nine days away now. Wow! Yeah, uh-huh. so we're gonna get. We'll, we'll have a. This podcast will be out this week, so it should give you at least a little bit of exposure cool. from our crew. And a lot of our listeners are from that area because we tap into a lot of the uh, Shore Leave and Farpoint Con listeners. And yep. So. Oh uh, yeah, and I've been shilling this to the uh, Jonathan Colton Cruz crowd like crazy. Good, nice. good, good. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, well, we're glad to have you here. So uh, tonight, this afternoon, this morning, depending when you're listening to us, we're going to talk about our favorite villains. And um, let's put our guest of honor on first. Can you give us on the spot? (laughs) That's right. So come on, Kev, whip it out. Yeah. All right. Favorite Uh, villain. You know what? I was going to go simple and vanilla and say Darth Vader, but I was thinking about it. And lately I've rewatched Firefly. 
and all the alien movies. So I'm going to go with the Reavers. And the Alien Queen is two of my favorites just because they're completely unstoppable. Almost. The Reavers was on like one of my secondary lists. So it was right yeah. there. So they, they get forgotten. I think they slip through the cracks sometimes and they're, they're awesome. I mean, the, the whole backstory behind them, which I wish there was more even in like the comic books and we could see more, but we did get a glimpse of it, you know, in Serenity and stuff. But the Relentless and I, I like stuff that's not always as popular as everything else, I would say. So I'm going to put the Reavers near the top of the list. Well, you know, the, uh, the Serenity movie kind of went like under the radar for a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I think it's a villain that I agree. It's a it's a. <laughs> It's a uh, man-made villain that is absolutely insane when you get down to it. And when you hear the crew talk about him before you really even see them is a good way to do it. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. hear the stories about him and you see Jane's face if they mention Reavers. He's not scared of, you know, anything. Or, you know, these guys are all tough and, and equipped. But as soon as somebody mentions Reavers, they're like, we're out of here. So <laughs> it builds it up pretty well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's something kind of like hivish about them that I enjoy. They're Borg-like, but in a in a completely like visceral way, not yep. in a mathematical way. Right. Agreed. Uh, Miles, thoughts on the Reavers? That's a great choice. Uh, you can't reason or dialogue with these villains. Um, you, you just have to run like hell. Uh, <laughs> get away from them. Um, or, 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 or kill them. Yep, I mean, right. you, you can't... Um, and with the queen also, you can't re- reason or or dialogue with her. It's it's you 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 have to you have to either take her out or or get the hell out of there. That's, all, that's those are your only two choices. Yep. See, and like the two of them together, if you put them together, there's they're I mean they're evil. They're non-human villains, which is always delicious. But the there's something really special that I reserve for the for the alien queen because as I've watched all the movies and rewatched Prometheus, ugh, and the new one that just came out, which I really want my 1750 back. Um you re- I really saw and respect the queen even more because I feel like she has that genetic desire for vengeance and yes. survival. And she's much more than just kill or be killed she's truly sentient and you know is thoughtful in her in her in her want to survive and it's not i want to take over for power but you're just in my way and i want you gone and yeah. she's most people down it's kind of fun i take you didn't care for prometheus from the- <laughs> <laughs> not me so- one thing you should know, Kevin, I don't really hold back. Um, <laughs> it's funny I, I hate the plot holes that are huge, but there's so much about it that is, I don't want to say there's so much about it that's good. There's so much about it that could have been really good. Exactly. You know I mean, but it's watchable, but it's still got so many flaws, but there's a lot of it. I like it's a love hate with that movie. Yes, I agree completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least, at least with the Reavers, Jane has Vera. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters. There's always Vera. There's always Vera. She's my favorite. And it's funny because there's been a few comics and, you know, uh, small run trades and arcs that came out for Firefly. And every time I grab them, that's one thing I wish they would do is dedicate like a whole story arc or a whole trade or something on the Reavers. And even more, that would be pretty cool. So they now I haven't read any of the comics and I know that you run your own comic book shop. Coincidentally, Um, they don't. and, And Miles, I know that you've read most of the comics. They don't touch on the Reavers at all in the comics. No. Yeah, I don't even think you barely mention them. Yeah. Yep. That's, wow. 
that's a whole missed opportunity. And there's a whole part of the verse that would be really kind of wonderful to delve into. Yeah. 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 And I mean, hey, they're teaming up Looney Tunes. I mean, the, the best comic I've read in the last two months is Elmer Fudd and Batman. Mm. It's unbelievable how they did it. It's really creative. So eventually <laughs> we'll see a Reavers title, I'm sure. <laughs> I have, yeah. I'm going to put a pin in that one because my the guy who pulls my comic books mentioned it to me. And I mm -hmm. thought, eh, so I'm going to put a pin in that for you and I to have a conversation to see if it's worth getting those books. Yes. Yeah. I have all the Looney Tunes. I'm halfway through them and I can't wait to read the rest. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. All right, Miles, you are up. Tell us your number one villain. Should I my my number one villain or my, my number three villain? You, you pick. You pick. pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my number three villain. Um, uh, since we're we're talking about Firefly, mine was the operative from Serenity. Um, what made him a great villain was he thought he was doing the right thing, and. Uh, but at the same time, he realized he knew what he was. He was, he even said he was a monster and, th uh, th th this perfect world he's trying to create for the Alliance. He knows he can't live in it. Um, and there's just so many layers to, to this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, but, and at the end of the film, when he, when he, when he knows he's beat, he, he, you know, it's, it, he doesn't take vengeance. You know, it's, he's not a vengeful person. I mean, he, we see him get angry once because uh, only Malcolm Reynolds can make somebody angry like that. <laughs> but, uh, but nice. he, he, but he, he's very complex. So at the, so when he, when he knows uh, Malcolm Reynolds and his crew won, he, he stops the whole thing and um, lets him go. Right. Um, and, he has one last conversation with 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 Reynolds, and, and Reynolds says, "If I ever see you again, you know, I will probably kill you." And he goes, "Well, you, you'll never see me again." Uh, so, <laughs> if, if speaking of comics, I, I mean, I would maybe love to see what what they do with him in the future, if uh, um, if there's an opportunity to do so. Yeah, that's a good pull. I like that. You know, he is a very uh, he's a villain that has a sense of this idea of, of like honorable ways to die, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, and, his... uh, and I was debating as you were talking miles, like, do I consider like, he's definitely the antagonist, but he's not, he's not villainous in the way the Reavers would be villainous. Um, there's something different about his villainy. He brings a whole new tone to the movie, which I think was great because the show was fantastic and it was deep and it had some, you know, comedic elements and all that. But when you get to the movie, it takes it a little more serious, just a little bit darker, but they didn't overdo it. And I think a lot has to do with him. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It's more than just a space Western, right? It's much more than a space Western. It gives you, it takes you one step further into the future. Cause clearly it's the future. Um, and it clearly it's a Western, but that one extra step and Chuedal edge of brings this honorable, the the word honor just this elegant honor and sense yeah. of duty and when he when he acquiesces at the end it's just you he delivered it i don't think any other actor could really take it as elegantly as it needed to be mm -hmm. and it was he was an amazing choice and really delivered that 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 cold calm yeah. like i think if he was going to murder me i would be at my most I, I think I would be very calm about 
you know, the, the, he, he, uh, he's done incredible work. Like even at the end of Dr. Strange where he turns villainous is just a, the, the actor does an incredible job doing that. So, Oh, he's yummy. He is. He's, he's just great. yummy. Yep, he's but, great. Hey, M, you're up. So tell us your top villain. So the, I have villain. three that I really enjoy and they're very, very different. Um, and I don't know which one to start with, but, um, I'm going to go with Dolores Umbridge from, from the books, okay. from the Harry Potter books. Cause I feel like she's much crueler in the books and much more calculated. And again, that sense of I'm doing this for the good of everyone. Um, but there's that you can see that she's giddy. Like it gets her knickers incredibly in a twist when she's <laughs> deliciously evil to people. What book or, does she appear in? Um, so she's in Harry Potter. Oh, Snikes. Which one's the one? Oh, God. Is she me, in? Uh, me and my kid are only on number four, Goblet of Fire, halfway through, so I haven't seen her yet. Oh, okay. Oh, well, then none of this is spoilers. I don't um, care. Well, I'll try to keep it out of spoilers. So she's in the books. I want to say she's in. Um, she's in the Order of the, apparently the Order of the Phoenix. Is she six and seven or is she five, six and seven? I don't know. Deathly Hallows, she's in Half-Blood Prince. Right. I think she's just six and seven. Okay. She comes in as a teacher um, when things start getting cattywonky in the Ministry of Magic and the whole world. And, you know, is he who Order shall not Phoenix. be named it's back? The, it's the last three she's in. Ah, great. Okay, wow. so five, six, and seven. Yep. It's it's her precious evil because she's she's all in pink and she loves kittens and has china and she's going to make you suffer and write your you know just there's i want to see more of her but she scares the bejesus out of me yeah now i get something even more to look forward to because the movies honestly i couldn't get into and we skipped the books now my son's nines were pouring through them so fast oh the books are a whole different world now and now i get it and when we showed him the trailer for the movies he was like who's that like in his mind he didn't think they looked like that, which was really unique. That's, that's good. That's yeah. Cool. Oh, that's so big good. Difference. Big difference. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm not up on my Harry Potters. Who, who plays her in the movies? Um, Dolores Umbridge. Hold on one sec. Oh, yeah. if only you, I had a uh, wonderful place on the Imelda internet. Imelda Staunton. Is that what I'm saying her name? She's she's Staunton. a powerhouse in British television and film. Yeah. She's in everything. Um, uh. Yeah, Emilda Staunton, I think it is. Emilda Staunton, yeah. I, I find she's won several BAFTAs. She's done lots of stage work. So when she ha- and she has this wonderful little tone of, you know, you, you know the how jokingly the British can insult you and then ask you to agree with them in the most polite <laughs> way ever. Yeah. Um, she will insult you and then suggest a punishment that's horrible and then make you agree to it that yes that's in fact my punishment that i'm due but she's she's of the mind that there's nothing wrong there's he who shall not be named is not alive and i'm not going to say much more because i want you to love the books okay there you go yeah yeah oh very cool well okay so one of my villains is smith from the matrix nice Mm. Uh, Good choice, a- Agent Smith. You know he's, a- and he grows. He's a- he's a villain in the first movie, and then becomes all encompassing by the third. And I know that there's criticisms in the second and third movies in particular, but 
the trilogy is always one that. Oh, excuse yeah, me. Hey, yeah, no opinions here. Um, no, but you know, it's it's just uh, it's one of these things that he becomes encompassing, and you know, when when you when you look at the uh, evil in those movies, it is the agents, and especially Agent Smith. So, oh yeah, uh, he would be. He has to. Be, he has to be on one of my one of my villain lists at least. So. Like- He's an AI who becomes self-consumed with vengeance. Oh yeah. I no. mean, come on. A Don't virus. you think the, the common the common denominator through a lot of these though, and you hear it a lot is relentless? Like I even had the Terminator on the list when I saw that in the theater as a kid. I was what ten years old, not to date my old ass. But, <laughs> um, relentless wins. Mike Myers horror movies. You know what I mean? I think for yeah. me, relentless and a little bit of calm and crazy seems better than over the top doesn't you know just doesn't give up and it's right. Smith is just relentlessly pursuing you know neo and right and the system and uh yeah so for me he was he was probably he definitely he's he did a great job um uh who was the actor that played him i should know this off the tip of my head hugo weaving thank yeah. you hugo weaving yeah so hugo great. weaving who i knew from um Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the drag oh. queen movie from Australia. Oh wow! Yeah. So to see him go to go from like super glam, you know, diva McTollerson to <laughs> you know super tight suit, gonna eviscerate you with his mind, was was just really hard for a minute. And then it was only like five minutes into the movie, five minutes into seeing him, I bought it. I lost yeah. it. I was I was lost in 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 the agent. I he was no longer a drag queen for me. Yeah, and then he, you know, you know, Elrond, and then you know, V for Vendetta, and I just he does some great work. So, oh yeah, Red Skull. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely Red Skull. Oh my God, he was he was good. He was good. good He he had that wonderful German, like not just a German accent, but it's it was this weird, like creepy German, creepy (laughs) German from this really tiny region of Germany. Because I studied it for an audio drama that I did, um, where I had to be an evil Nazi dominatrix, and I wanted that accent, so I like I followed whatever he did to to study to get it right. It's so yummy; it makes the hair on the back of my neck like stand up. It's wonderful. Yeah, awesome. Well, Kevin, do you have another villain for us, and then we'll have you uh, talk a little bit about uh, what you have going on. You know what? I already said it, though. I I want to throw Terminator in there. Okay, I mean, Terminator. What about now, now? Your ten-year-old self. What about what about Terminator was so frightening for you? I guess because I thought it was one of the first R-rated movies my dad took me to in a theater. <laughs> that dad. had a lot to do with it. Good and at the time, good. the special effects were awesome. Like when he cuts his face and re, you know fixes his eye and all that, or cuts <laughs> his arm. And now you watch it, it's almost comical. But for me, I just, it goes back to the nostalgia of he was completely relentless and you were literally screaming in your seat, popcorn flying at the end when she actually had to put him in the hydraulic press and the red eyes went out. Like when he came out of the flames and when you just realized he wouldn't stop and the way Carpenter shot it, it's just, it's so good. And the same thing kind of carries over into the sequels. But for me, nothing beats the first one as far as a villain. I forgot Carpenter did that one. The music, I mean, go back and watch it. It's just, it's its not timeless, but it holds up for what it is in, in my book. You know what I mean? That's awesome. We were, we reviewed it a few years ago, and we, I mean, oh, we, we, we spoke well of it then. I mean, I could, I could, I could watch it now. I mean, yeah, the soundtrack even, and the, the score is fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember secretly renting it from Errol's. 
Errols. Errols. Do you remember Errols, Kevin? Yep. I think I had a laser disc, so that's as far oh, as... Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, we had wow. a Betamax. Yeah. And I had to secretly rent it. I had to give my brother $5 to rent it for me because everyone <laughs> at school was talking about it, and I didn't yeah. want to be... I was already a pariah. So. I wanted to have some commonality <laughs> with them. <laughs> This was not the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I guess I both not. adored it and it frightened the crap out of me. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just you don't want this little girl Catholic school girl in a little blue uniform discussing about eviscerating robots um at lunchtime. It just dude was not a good look for yeah, me. Yeah, probably not. 1985. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So uh Kevin, I understand that uh you have to jet here in just a little bit, but tell us a little bit about this uh convention thingy you go little on. Novacon thing. Novacon! Um, yeah, and again, man, I appreciate it. There's so many people that I've met, and I know you guys have been paying attention to it. And like I said, Fernando came and wanted to do this, and he's he does a lot with um some producing in the film festival. So he was gearing it towards kind of underneath his entertainment umbrella, and he was like, Hey, can you help me get vendors and do the comic aspect? And we're all pop culture fans and I just kind of took it and ran with it. Um, but it's three days. It's end of July, 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Ritz-Carlton and Tyson's. We wanted a different venue than the typical, um, you know, VFW or Firehouse for a first-year convention, which is, I love those. And we didn't want to go to some huge, you know, expo center with concrete floors and fluorescent lights because we're not ready to be that big. And we love AwesomeCon for what it is. We love Baltimore, Catsacon. We love them all. We're not trying to be anything we're not. But our idea was... Northern Northern Virginia is on the map as its own place. It's growing like crazy. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of talent. And I think what I'm most proud of is that we have, I think, half a dozen artists that have never done a convention before. Oh, that's awesome. So we have, yeah, we had a guy in my comic shop that comes to our drink and draw class and his buddy bought him a table. So at the last class, I said, hey, guys, I'm going to give you some inside info. We finally signed this really cool artist. Like who? And I'm like, Rodney Roberts. And he's sitting right there. And he was like, what? So it's cool, like the community, like we have people that have never been in a con before. And then we have, you know, John Wesley Shipp and Shannon Purser from Stranger Things, who's got nominated for an Emmy. So we have a little star power, but we're really about the vibe. Like we have my buddy DJ Roman, who's going to be there. We're going to light up the whole room. It's carpeted. We got about 55 vendor booths, about 30, 40 artists. We got R2D2 droid builders. We have panels. But the room itself and the after party is going to have a really cool vibe. I mean, we even have our own IPA. We have our own beer. Ooh. So that, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited about yeah. that. So it's it's a labor of love. It's been absolutely crazy. Things are going to go wrong. Computers will probably break. Lines will be too long. Trolls will tell us it's not big enough. It's too cheap. It's too whatever. But that's okay. Um, I think the majority of people will come out of there with a vibe of like, that's a different kind of convention. That's a different feeling. It was really fun. Because we're going to have a DJ in the ballroom the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. so you're not just going to hear announcements like John Wesley ship is signing on the fourth floor. You know, yeah. we want like impromptu dance party, boom, or whatever. Like we really <laughs> want it to be engaging and fun. And I hope the local artists and celebrities and you guys and podcasters, I hope everybody kind of hangs out together. That's the idea is we want it to be a, a big hangout. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited, mostly because it's right next door to my office. See? There so you I go. have free parking. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I mean, we've sold well over, I think, 12, 1300 tickets already, plus volunteers, plus nice. vendors. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I, I'm excited for my, I keep seeing you post pictures about the VIP goodie bags and I Did bought you get the red. Yeah, I bought a red ticket. I yeah. bought, I bought like last year. Yeah. I was an early adopter because I love the concept. 
I love the concept of shopping locally and keeping yep. local shops going and keeping lo local yeah. cons going. I've been to New York Comic Con a bunch. I've been to bi big conventions, but it's always the it's always the smaller like not small like we, but like yeah. the ones that are much more fan driven than like yeah. Profit and we're driven. not. I, I think somebody from out of state would look at our branding and probably think that we're a lot bigger than we are. So we're not trying to be something we're not, right. but we're trying to put some impact on a small, you know, like our video game room is like 30 by 20. You know what I mean? We're going to have 12 consoles in there, but it's open and you can go play. Our D&D &D room is going to be open, I think, you know, almost every hour. Excited um, for RPG room. Uh, we're going to have Drinking and Dragons Saturday night, 11 p.m. Uh, if you check the website, little secret uh, beer drinking D&D &D, uh, session Saturday night. Nice. Uh, Ming Chen from Comic Book Men is going to be there. He's also going to host the after party. Um, in the hotel, which is going to be cool with our beer, uh, 18 to, you know, go and 21 to, to drink. We're going to do that. Um, but it's just, it, we just want it to just be a totally different vibe, a fun vibe. And the support we've gotten from people like you and the local folks and just everybody patting us on the back is really, really cool to see, you know? Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> and you, and you even have a token wrestler coming. That's awesome. Uh, my boy Carnage has been professional <laughs> wrestling for years. He's bringing the boogeyman from the WWE and some other folks. Um, Good heavens. Yeah, and we weren't even <laughs> Miles, thinking about you love this. But what was crazy is we actually hooked up with the Stanley Foundation, and we're giving out the Stanley Award on Friday night to one of our, our media guests for their off the TV, you know, off the media stuff they do. So that's exciting. And we were this close, not to like spoil it, but we were very close to getting Linda Carter, but she couldn't do it. Uh -huh. awesome. Oh. Um, she doesn't really do a lot of cons, so that was kind of a bummer. And then Pat Oswald, who's from here, who comes yes. in our comic shop, we've kind of befriended. We tried to get him, and he was very close because he loves supporting local folks. He always retweets our stuff. Um, and we didn't hear from him. No big deal. He walks in like a week ago. I was like, oh, man, I got your email. Can't do it. He's like, 2018, I'll chalk it up to just a uh, coming home to see my mom trip. Wink, wink. <laughs> and we were that's, like, okay. That's what he says when he shows up at Alamo. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's cool. We'll see, but there's so much local talent and maybe this will morph into all comics and art locally. Maybe this will morph into, I don't, you know, we don't know. We want the market to tell us what yeah. it wants rather than trying to shove our agenda down the market's throat. Yeah. So I, we'll see, but we're excited, man. It's, it's going to be fun. And you, the guy from Blair Witch. That's awesome. Yeah. Eduardo Sanchez is yeah. a friend of ours. He's going to moderate the stranger things panel. We have Shannon Purser and Catherine Dyer who played agent Frazier. Yeah. And we have, Randy Havens from Halt and Catch Fire and Stranger Things, Mr. Clark, who's really, really incredible guy. And Eduardo is also friends with Millie Bobby Brown. We're like, hey, you know, if you throw in your suitcase and get her here, we won't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. yeah, we don't, I mean, not that we don't care about the celebs, but we don't want it to be a, just a celebrity no. turn them and burn them con $50 autograph thing. We want the celebrities to do well. We want to have them there because they obviously draw. Right. But we want the vendors that's selling $10 prints and the person that put their cosplay together and is going on stage. We want those two people to become friends and enjoy it. Like that's, that's really the back, the backbone of it. So that's phenomenal. Awesome. I'm super psyched for John Wesley's ship. Yeah. My, my first flash. Yeah. yeah. So, and he seems super cool. Like I'm totally excited to meet him. He seems just really down to earth. So. so I know you have to go, but real quickly, give us the dates again and where people can find out more information about Nova comic con. Sure. It's the Nova con.com, the Nova con on social media. Um, it's July 20th to the 30th. Keep an eye out for DCW. The CW is going to be running some ads in our interviews on the TV station. And Fox five is going to be there uh, on at the con doing interviews as well as uh, reported from the sports junkies. 
Um, but you can get tickets now. They do go up to the door price on Thursday. So right now, like you can get a Sunday only pass for 15 bucks. Use the code stranger, come in for one day. That's, you know, we'd love to do that. And then this Thursday, they're going to get bumped up a little bit. And hopefully we put sold out. Like when we hit a good number of a few thousand that we feel is comfortable elbow room, we would rather say we're sold out, pack 8,000 people into a place that's not going to hold it. We don't want right. to do that. Right. So awesome. that's the plan. But yeah, thenovacon.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kevin, for joining us. Really appreciate you stepping Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Kev. Well, Thank actually, you so much. Uh, from the bar. I'll buy you guys uh, dinner and some beers, and we'll, we'll chat at a table. I'll you. be there Saturday. There you go. Done. Sounds good. <laughs> Take care, man. I'll be there Saturday, right. Kevin. You got it. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Right. Bye, Kevin. Bye. All right. He's a super cool dude. Oh, and he's I, great. And I can't, I can't reiterate it enough. I just, I love, I love, love, love the concept of being as supportive as possible of local anything. And so I appreciate that you guys. You know, that I appreciate that we do that a lot. And yeah. this is a brand new con, and I just wanted to make sure that they got out there. I expect a full <laughs> con report at our next episode. That's my plan. All right. I'm even good. missing ukulele lessons to go. Oh, that's that's a sacrifice right there. It is so, a sacrifice because I, I suck. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So, so who are we at? I think Miles, you were the Miles next. next. Miles, Miles, you're the next villain. Okay, my next I villain. Uh, is uh, Skynet from the Terminator movies? Looks like Kevin and I were, you know, <laughs> a similar uh, wavelength as far as our villains go. Oh wow! But, yes, Skynet. You know, that 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 actually exists, doesn't it? Called uh, Google. It, it, uh, it, I think. Of. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's its infancy stages, but um, yeah, yeah. It, could, it could happen. But why I like <laughs> Skynet. Um, I mean, they, they dreamed this up back in the 80s. Um, Skynet is not an organic being. It is a sentient computer programming. And um, we talked about Relentless. Uh, it, it, you know, they, they've, they've, they've beaten Skynet a few times, even destroyed the infrastructure to create it it still managed to always come back um and so i'm hoping we'll, we'll get another terminator film uh because the last terminator film i think it asked more questions than it answered and um how how uh how terminator was, i mean how how uh skynet was able to um uh, how the ai got to to where it was yeah to, so um you can't skynet has its own agenda it, it, it has its own you know goals and um you know it, it had you know it, it has the terminators it has the, these awesome tools called the terminators to accomplish it and it has a time machine also um so yeah that's why why skynet's my number two villain that's awesome nice. we know uh don't they explore that in the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Don't they explore like, the origins of Skynet a little bit? Yes, they do. Because uh, uh, Sarah Connor is trying to go after people who helped create it. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't uh, see that come to its fruition. Yeah, uh, No, we didn't. But uh... Then we wouldn't have Cersei. <laughs> that's true. That is that's true. That, yeah, that's a good gig there, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, she's had some good gigs, so... Um, Em, how about you? Give us your next villain. 
Um, so my next one, speaking of Cersei, um, is Ramsey Snow slash Bolton um, from Game of Thrones, both the book and the movie or the TV show, since the TV shows have now surpassed the books. Right. Um, I don't think I've read a character who who literally gets a Woody from being so evil and cruel and it's not out of vengeance not what he just really enjoys it like it's it's really a joy for him to be that vicious and villainous and yet syrup this, this kind of like syrupy sweet villainy mm. that like when he meets when Sansa meets him for the first time and he's all, oh, you're my lovely bride and I can't wait. And you're making me and he puts on this little air of I'm so sweet and innocent. And then he very sweetly and innocently like beats the crap out of her in and many other people. And just the entire history of the Bastard of Bolton is unbelievable and in of my three that I and I have, well, I'll tell you my I'll tell you my third one in a minute. Um, I think he would be the one that that I'm the most afraid of, mm -hmm. hands down. You know, for me, I he's one of the villains that I'm happy and relieved to see him get his comeuppance. Um, if there's anybody you want to see get get his, it's this. He's a bastard, literally, but. Uh, <laughs> um yeah he, he he's he's a he's a villain all right yeah i think one of the things that game of thrones did real well is you know initially when game of thrones starts out at least in the books and the movies you know there are a couple people that you really hate like jamie lannister you hate and he turns around he's one of the characters that you kind of now i haven't kept up with the most current season but in the books he kind of turns around and there's a little bit of redemption story going on so I like that that the that the character is allowed to evolve from a villain status into something a little bit more, a little bit less villainous, I guess. But well, with with, with Bolton, you get to see him. I mean, his 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 essential character doesn't change, but he you, you see him. He he manages to fulfill his ambitions. I mean, he for the most part. Okay. Uh, I mean, he, he gets to rise above his circumstances, but it, it's kind of the juxtaposition between him and Jon Snow. I mean, he's Jon Snow is a character of of virtue, and and Bolton is not. So. <laughs> oh, Bolton is definitely his antithesis. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think the only things that, that I saw him really, like, fuss about was making sure that he he embraced the being a bastard, but then when he was given his name, that was the most important thing to him was his name was getting the name Bolton. And I would say that was kind of his driver, but he just, he had no compunction whatsoever. Um, just being, you know, Oh, well, let me just, let me just go ahead and, and go after Baratheon and no, don't worry, dad. I got this. Like it was, oh, I'll go to the store. I'm going to pick up some milk. Uh, I'm going to get the oil <laughs> changed. And I'm going to take down um, King Baratheon's army. And then I'll be back in the morning to feed the dogs. It was very matter of <laughs> wow. fact. Like it was, it was his, it was his normal hmm. to be that, that 
vicious and cruel. Well, now, Rabbit Trail here. Are you guys both keeping up in the new season? I haven't seen the new one yet. Is it? Seen it three times. Three times. A great, great start to the season. Oh, so good. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. You spoil it to me, but don't. Don't spoil it for Miles because I, you know. Okay, Miles, don't listen. No, so when, no <laughs> when Ned Stark comes back from the dead, wasn't that amazing? <laughs> oh, my. And he comes back as Boromir. It's nuts. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, uh, my turn next. I think that uh, my next villain. So I wanted to pick one from the Star Wars universe. And and I'm torn. Um, so and maybe you guys can help me out. Have you guys read any of the novelizations of Star Wars? I have not. Not in the last ten years. Okay. Um, so there's this character called Thrawn. Um, and he is for me, and especially the latest book that plays into the new universe of Star Wars. He is manipulative and um, and makes you feel good about it, <laughs> being, being manipulated. And he is by far one of my favorite Star Wars villains. But Palpatine is really close. Like, not only does that, but he orchestrates an entire war to put him in power. And... Yep. Uh, you know, Palpatine slash the Emperor is pretty devious. And I think, and so, I mean, Darth Vader is kind of the iconic villain. But if you're looking for depth of character and manipulation, I think Palpatine is Vader beat for me. I think, I wish the movies did him better justice because I feel like he was much more calculated than we got to see. You mean Palpatine? Yeah. Yeah. The books definitely flesh him out because I read most of the novelizations, but I felt that way about Vader too. Like the books really fleshed out Vader and Revenge of the Sith, and I felt like Revenge of the Sith, Vader and slash Anakin that you didn't get the real struggle it was for him and his you know fall into villainy, but uh, you see that a little bit in Palpatine, but so. So Palpatine, I'll, I'll go with Palpatine. Palpatine's my uh, number two villain. Gotcha. But, yeah. Miles, you're next. Well, um, as far as this is not going to be too hard to figure out. Um, as far as villains in sci-fi fantasy, and and I'm looking at uh, Rogue One. Episode four, five, and six um, has to be Darth Vader. Um, he was the the bad guy, the the villain that the, the rebellion had to face, our heroes had to face. Um, it, when I first saw him in the in the first film, he was just shrouded in, in 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 mystery. Just what is this guy? Is he is he a robot? Is he He's not a robot, obviously, but, you know, when I first saw him at seven years old, I mean, he was the most scariest looking thing I ever saw at that time. Um, And, yeah, the lightsaber battle between him and Ben Kenobi 
wasn't great by, by, by today's standards, but still just, um, just seeing him throughout the, the first film, just, um, this, 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 uh, ruthless, efficient viciousness he had. And, and then, then, then he, you know, he, he carried it in the second film. Um, you know, one, one of the officers who loses the William Falcon, he, he knows I, I have to go apologize to Vader. And, and then you just see him on the floor dying and Vader says, apology accepted, Captain Nita. You know, it, it, some of it's humorous, but some of it, it it's kind of like, you know, oh, crap. Um, so and, and then I, I thought what they did with him in Rogue One, um, they, they he, he, he had less screen time, but I thought we saw him at his most kick ass. Oh, agreed. Uh, the the, the um, when, when when he's first when the, when the one guy the director I forget his name off the top of my head is, is whining because he lost you know he wants the Death Star back you know Vader has to put him in his place but then Vader's going after the rebels there is over a dozen rebels shooting blasters at him and he just he goes through them like they're nothing um, and it's only because you know, some rebels sacrificed themselves to get that uh, disc out of there. Uh, it was the only reason they were able to do it. But um, just watching him make short work of of the that that those rebel troop. Um, so going back to my childhood, I, I still just seeing what what he was was to me back then. Just seeing pictures of him when I was a child, I thought was scary enough. Um, so yeah, he, to me, he'll always be the number one uh, villain in sci-fi and fantasy. I know, M. Miles. You know, when you look at Vader, um, he is often hailed as being such an iconic villain. What about him? What about his character? You said you mentioned the cold calculating a little bit in it, but is there something else that really makes Vader this such an evil person for us? You know, he, even with a mask on, um, he he manages to emote somehow. Um, so even though I, I think the I think the mask adds something to that, just because you can't see his facial expression, but you see what the rest of his body does when he reacts to something that's happening or something. Um, he he just he just strikes fear in me. It's like talking to a guy with uh, talking to someone and they have uh, like mirror glasses on. That's a good uh, analogy. Yeah, you just can't see. Mm -hmm. So, M, your thoughts on this? So, thanks to it's all it's because of midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had to you had to bring it up. Way to ruin episode. the show. Let's end now. We're out. I was That's it. That's it. Shows it's a wrap. Close down the internet. Yeah. It's midichlorians. It's the whole reason. No. Um, Anyways. I mean, he, if you want to believe that, you know, he just like, like, you know, Jesus showed up in that woman's belly from divine intervention, which I think is the dumbest thing. Um, not the Jesus thing, but the you know Anakin Skywalker thing. <laughs> and suddenly, sci-fi Christian uh, loses. I mean, no, no, JC and I are cool. We're tight. Okay, got it. Um, but Anakin and I are not. Um, 
I think he always came from a place of struggle and never had anything of his own. And I don't even think he really, he was, you know, he was still that little boy, even though he was all grown up ish when uh, he became Darth Vader. Um, he was still that little boy the, he held his mother, you know, dear in his heart and he had to leave her. He did everything he could to try and take care of her. But then while he was training for the Jedi, he never sent back for her. And then when he finally went back for her, she, you know, died. And so that guilt of everything precious around me, I can never have anything. And then he gets Padme and he ruins that. And it's just this constant rolling of failures, not fa just disappointments. And, and yeah. he, the only thing he finds solace in that's truly his, that he's proud of are his powers. Yeah. So he just embraces them. And when he loses Padme, that's, that's it. That's the curtain curtains down shows over. And he just goes into this deep where his, his, his driving force is, is the, is this dark side. Yeah. And, but then you get that, you kind of, you get, it's a little sympathetic too. Like you, you're like, Oh, in my heart, I feel bad for him because he just, at the very end, he finally found something to be happy about and saved his son and did something that was right. So I, I, I agree. He is frightening mm. because he went, he went to the deep dark side and, yeah. but then was able to be pulled back by love and not yeah. by stupid friggin' midichlorians. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, as you say that, Adam, you know, it's, he loses Padme trying to control and avoid the same situation his mother ended up in. You know, he's trying to keep the bad things from happening and in the process loses her. You yeah. Know? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really a, tra I mean, it's, 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 it's like the ultimate tragedy. So, well, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I like that. Uh, Emma, do you have a uh, your top one? My last one, and this one, I was having a chit chat with my roommate, so it's kind of his, and I agree with him completely because there's so many good, dark, delicious characters that I was trying to sort through, and like, you know, I was teetering on Loki because he is charming and delicious in the comic books, he and the, is. but. Um, my housemate brought up the Joker from the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker. Very good. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. He came from a place of true insanity. He had no rhyme or reason to his methods. He just was, and he just did. And I recently rewatched that. Um, thing now that I have HBO, thanks to Game of Thrones. Um, and that opening scene where you get to know him where it's the bank heist and it's six guys and you get to see like two of them pair off and like, well, this Joker guy is a nut job. And, oh, and as, as they're, as they fulfill their duty in, in their, in this team up to rob the bank, um, they've each been instructed to kill one of the other ones, but the other ones don't know about that. They think that they're in on this big dark secret. And then it turns out to be the Joker himself who's there at the very, very end. And, Heath took it to a really, a really just pointless violence place. Like each time he told the story of what happened to his face, it was different and dark and scary. And, but 
it it kind of it sets you up for the fact that you were about to eat it and eat it in a very horrible way. <laughs> and like the pencil trick, I that always gets me every time. You want to see me make a pencil disappear? Thunk. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. cringe every I time mean, I, I visualize that. <laughs> he was a very he was a quiet villain. He was very collected about his process if there was one and then like and then we like i like the joker in general but his his was the best it was i agree the suicide squad joker i i can't stand <laughs> yeah i don't care for me either yeah. it went over the top i mean and it's closely followed by mark hamill's the joker true i can't hear that without getting like chills because it yeah. really oogies me out Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker was one of my honorable mentions. Oh yeah, definitely. What things I liked about him? I mean, there, there's a scene where that they he's captured. He he's in the jail, and um, they announced that uh, Gordon is getting promotion to commissioner. The, the cops start clapping, and what I found out later, this was ad lib. This was not scripted. Uh, applauds with everybody else has a smile on his face like he's happy for commissioner gordon i mean um it was just so goofy uh but it was uh you know it it, it worked though and i i love the meeting he has with um two-face you know he's helping you know he's gonna help two-face get out of his hospital or whatever and just encourages him to do what you know to strike back he says you know he goes look i you 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 have a plan. I, I never plan anything. I'm like the dog that chases a, a car. I don't know what I'm gonna do when I when I catch it. But you, I mean, you 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 have you have plan. You have a goal. I'm just I'm, I'm doing a horrible job of uh, paraphrasing that 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 uh, dialogue. But uh, I think you get the idea that we, 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 he just took joy over mayhem, destruction, carnage, and was just was creating as much as possible. Hmm. I do like the little um when the when the hospital blows up. Mm -hmm. And that it they left the blooper in of the the trigger not working and there was so he's sitting there and he's hitting it and it doesn't go off and he's hitting it, it doesn't go off and then he it goes off and he just reacts and then keeps on going so they just they kept that's what they kept. Oh wow. That's what they kept. I mean it's not like they could blow it up again but it was just, it was perfect. Hmm. He was, he was so good. Yeah, Heath Ledger will always be my Joker. That was just lightning in a bottle. Yeah, uh, having him play Joker. Yeah, very sad that he's uh, no longer with us. But yeah, but all right. Well, my, this, I don't know. This is a number one, but this is a villain that I found extremely. We talk about the inability to reason with villains. I'm going to pick Hal 9000 from 2001 Space Odyssey. Ooh. Interesting choice. Yeah. Ooh. You know, because, I mean, Kubrick does such a great job in this film. And, I, you know, obviously written in the Sentinel as well, Arthur C. Clarke. But, you know, Hal 9000, you know, the risks of relying on the AI. And then you combine that with the dangers of space travel. Um, those two things, and you throw it into a ship. And suddenly, you know, they're doomed. 
you know, there's no way they're going to get out of this. And it's, and, and so for me, how is like this cold and calculating villain that, you know, AI gone berserk. And so I'm going to pick him as mine, I think. But, and that was one of the earlier times I, I, I could think of in sci-fi where they explored that. Yeah. Of AI I kind guess. of losing, you know, going mad. Yeah, and just being a creepy villain like that, that was, you know, yeah, that was fairly uh, groundbreaking in, in, in 69. Yeah, absolutely. Is that when that movie came out? 69. Wow. I believe so. Wow. I'm sorry, I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, <laughs> and that's the thing, like, it is calm voice, and you're like, what? So you want to take your computer and just bang on the screen, but it was like, whoa. Yeah, it doesn't sound like an yeah. evil voice. Yeah. Dave, it's, what are you doing, It's Dave? very calm and Dave. very mellow. Daisy, Daisy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, that's creepy. Stop. <laughs> there are, you know, he he has some of the in a, some of the best lines, so. Yeah. In that movie. That's one of the most memorable. So, so honorable mentions. Do we have honorable mentions here? I actually have one that, that I saw on a list that I have questions about. Because I never watched it. Okay. So, uh, did any of you watch like Flash Gordon? The movie? I don't know. The movie, movie, yeah, I've seen the movie. Ming the, Ming the Ming Merciless. The... Oh yeah, so Max von Zito. Why is he listed as such a villain? Because I didn't obviously watch this movie. What do, What do you mean? Like he's He's deli- he's trying to take over the he's trying to take over the universe again. And I'm only not... Flash Gordon, America's most amazing football player, can can save <laughs> us all. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I need you because I have not watched this. I'm very I'm very unfamiliar with the Flash. Gordon Let me tell series. you, it is worth the watch. Brian Blessed's in it. Um, Max von Sydow. It is. For when it was made, it was a joyful, joyful. The soundtrack is completely by Queen. That's right. We talked about this earlier on a show somewhere. uh, I I love this movie so hard. So hard. Do we talk I need like a digitally remastered like 4K version of this movie. I love it so I have it on Betamax. Was this a do we do we talk with Jim Crutt about this movie? I think so. I think so because we were at like Farpoint, sitting there talking about it, and you walk into a warehouse and you were filming Flash Gordon. And I think that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, and a um. Oh my God, I forgot that he was in there. A young Timothy Dalton was also in this oh, film. He was. Yeah. 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 And Melis- Melanie Anderson, who was big in the TV, in big in television in the 1980s. So good. So, so good. But Brian Blessed, who is one of the most amazing theater actors ever, um, as uh, Prince Voltan, and then Timothy Dalton as Prince Baron, and Max von Sydow as Emperor Ming. I mean, and Topol, who is like the cutest little Jewish actory like dude like that was his shtick was every every he was just an amazing amazing theater actor and singer he was um zarkov he was zarkov i love this movie <laughs> i see that i'm gonna it's have to so watch good. this i'm gonna have to watch someone it. anyone please find that for me in in 1080p 
remastered because I can't. I don't know where it is. I can't find it or it's stupid expensive. Oh, okay. But I, I love that film so hard. So if I find a version on YouTube, I shouldn't watch that version is what you're saying. Well, so, I mean, I I don't even think the production company still, I don't think anybody's making any money off of this movie anymore. Right. Um, so if you find it, sure. But if you can get it on DVD and just watch it with the music and like a good version of it, I have the soundtrack as well on cassette tape. <laughs> um, wow. It, this is from 1980. That's I was awesome. I was nine years old when this came out. Yeah. So good. Miles, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that you didn't bring Khan into one of your villains. Khan! Um. He was one of he was one of my, he was uh, one of my honorable mentions. Oh, I thought he might be like up there being the uh, Star Wars, uh, the Star Trek aficionado like you are. But yeah, I just uh, Skynet and uh, the operative to me were uh, pivotal. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it's funny because uh, you, you certainly you look at both versions of Khan, and both are deliciously evil in their own way. A Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, playing Khan, did it is he does an incredible job at it, in my opinion. And I know that it got panned because of being mirror universe and not being a fresh story, but I liked his version of Khan. I, I think I think if they would have done. A- you know, they had a great actor play. He he didn't have to be Khan. He could have been just John Harrison, and that would have worked. Mm. Um, that so, but it it was what it was. Right, right. Em, you were gonna say something? Oh, it just felt like a cop out. Like, ah, yeah. we can't think of anything. Let's redo this. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I was very happy that the third film was unique and, and kind of special and. Um, didn't really happen on Earth. Um, that you were really space. out in deep space, and you got, you know, you got complacent Jim, who was ready to take a desk job, and because he'd kind of he'd lost his, what you know, what are we doing out here? What right. what's going on? And he hadn't really found the the that that switch to turn the light on to for the next adventure and. I was very pleased with this third movie. I'm looking forward to the fourth one, which I understand is being written right now. Yeah, I don't know much about it. Uh, I haven't followed it. Miles, the only thing, to, go, go ahead. The only thing that I think they want to try to bring George Kirk uh, back for this one. Um, played by Chris Hemsworth, uh, a.k.a. Thor. Um, <laughs> but he's so, dead. It, well, they would obviously involve time travel of of some sort. No. Yeah, no but it's a trope. Travel. I mean, that's a that's a trope that Star Star Trek has not been fa- does not is not afraid to you know approach every so often. So. Jeez, Louise, come on. <laughs> there's there, there there's a whole friggin' universe out there. So, well, if Simon Pegg. Um, and I forgive me, I forget the the other author's name. If they have their hand on the script, I, I, I'm. It should still be good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, Simon he wrote a diamond. Simon wrote a dynamite script last time, so. But. Yeah. 
So what other villains are we not addressing that maybe we should be honorably mentioned? Oh, wait, I didn't get my honorable mention. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just asking um, questions. Then. So this is a fairly new villain um, from Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, uh, Michael Keaton's The Vulture. Ooh. Michael Keaton, in general, is an amazing actor. And I kept calling this movie the Batman movie because it was Michael Keaton. And then this was also oh, the movie man. where I had I busted some kid trying to copy the he was filming with his phone. I saw that. And I told him, put your phone away. Put it away. Um, Good. Yeah, like opening weekend, dude. Like seriously? Um, anyway. It was so the movie's good, and I was not expecting what I saw. You know, that was great. But just Michael Keaton's portrayal and his 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 drive for evil and his drive is his money is money and family. And, you know, he's pissed because it, it starts out with he has a, a company that handles um, cleaning up disasters. There's a term for it. And I can't think of what it is, but they get pulled off of the job in um, New York because all this the alien kit that that's all over the place all that stuff has to be classified and shielded to jump in and so they were really pissed because they were making good money off of it and so he creates he continues his business but on the down low underground um is still dealing in um alien um materials and creating weapons and stuff like that and um Dear sweet Spidey gets in the way of that, and this guy's no qualms, no problem, causing Harry Carey. But he was he was really good. Wasn't like you know he's not my top three, but he was definitely one to remember. Mm. And also, it was such a good movie. I do have to. I've yet to see it. So it is. It is of the Spider Mans. It's the best. That's what I've been hearing. So. Uh, it's the best. Good hearing that. And I really liked Andrew Garfield a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, there's some other. I liked him in. Uh, Go ahead. Captain America: Civil War. So. Oh yeah. Um, oh, he was so cute in that. <laughs> so. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pinch his cheeks. Well, he's just he's little Peter Parker. He's just yeah. a he's a 15 year old kid whose voice is still a little squeaky and. Um, I, I, Tom Holland does such an amazing job of just being an awkward kid. And Tobey Maguire was just, you know, angsty McEmo the whole time. So that was, that kind of took it away. Andrew Garfield had that kind of, that um, little bit of mischief that I like in, in a Peter Parker. But Tom Holland really just knocks it out of the park. So there's my review of Spider-Man. I, I wasn't planning on that. There you go. <laughs> and now you know what I'm, how I'm feeling about Spider-Man. And that's but, one to grow on. There you go. <laughs> you know, I think there's some other 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 villains that we, uh, you know, Sauron and Lord of the Rings just being the eye, mm -hmm. that evil eye that's constantly watching. And uh, I think that's one. You, know, you have Megatron from Transformers. Yeah. Cruella DeVille as oh, a child. Yes. Oh, yes. And Shere Khan the Tiger. Those Ooh. two, because from my Disney albums and books and that I had, like that would tell the these little albums that you would hear the stories and and the songs and, and 
Shere Khan the tiger and 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 Cruella Deville, the two of them as a child would give me nightmares. Ooh. What about the Wicked Witch? Not so much. Oh, Not yeah. so much. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Like even um like the 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 dark queen in Sleeping Beauty who becomes a dragon, like that was scary to me, but something about Cruella Deville and it wasn't just the name. And do you remember the Jungle Book? Yes. The film, the original yes. film? Yes. So the actor who who portrayed that, just that voice, that silky voice that was coming to just rip you to shreds with those big giant paws. <laughs> Frightening for a little yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's tons of villains that we probably missed. And uh, listeners, we would love to hear you share some of your villains. Who are your top villains that you feel that we should have mentioned and didn't? We would love to hear from you and hear yes, uh, your please. own thoughts. And you can do that at the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at yuma.com or throw it on the Twitter or on the Facebook. And uh, we'd love to hear your uh, your thoughts on that. And we'll share them on our next show. So, well, anything, any closing comments here as we look at wrapping up the uh, our conversation on top villains? A good villain is important yes. for, to make the story good. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, one that isn't, like, it's the only thing I don't like about Wonder Woman is that I figured out who the villain was as soon as he showed up on screen, and that, that broke my heart. Yes. Um, you broke my heart, Fredo. Um, <laughs> in a very Godfather yeah. kind of way, but not like in a nightclub in Cuba. And not not um, like an Anakin way, a Padme way. No, you're breaking no. my heart. There's no, no, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. N- 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 no, no, nine. No. nine. Um, things. <laughs> 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 Great. Now we probably get into quoting Monty Python. Oh boy. We should do anyway. a, we, we should do a Monty Python review. Oh heavens to Betsy. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, we will have to talk about that off the air. Be watching for it down the pike. I know it's not sci fi, but it would be it's totally geeky. So. Indeed. Oh, there were aliens. There was aliens in Life of Brian. No, there was That's true. I wasn't I, I was suggesting Holy Grail, not 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 Life of Brian, but but that's, <laughs> I guess Anything fantasy. We we can divine. say we, we can say fantasy. It'd be that works in. So but, anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> here's what I like to do. I know we did not talk about shore leave at all this week, but I would like to maybe next show. I am. I know that you're going to Novacon, and that we maybe we can just talk about Novacon and shore leave, kind of all as one. Cool local cons, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah unite our July cons, and so uh, we'll look at. Uh, Talking about that, we are working on updating and putting out a new Patreon campaign. So keep a lookout for that, listeners. I just need to figure out the tiers. I can't figure out how to name the three. What I want to name the three tiers that makes sense. Um, Appetizers, entrees, and desserts. Yeah. I was hoping to get something a little bit more sci-fi-ish, but I don't know. Oh, but we're the diner. We are. So I was thinking one tier could be fine dining, but uh, I haven't come up with the other two tiers yet. Yeah, but fine dining oh, so and diner—that doesn't you work. You could either. do you could do food truck. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you could go. do you could do a hot dog cart, um, fast food, and fine dining. Oh, there you go. 
I like the fine dining. That's okay, good. Fine dining and uh, fast food truck and hot dog cart. I like that. Sure. All right, we'll 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 talk more about this off or the air. We can but. see if the fans have an idea. You know, I posted on Facebook. No one said anything. So they were just ignoring me. Dude, it's summer. Everyone's on vacation. I know. All right. Well, hey, I believe that about does it for the diner tonight. Yep. Again, look us up online. We would love to hear your favorite villains. And uh, I believe that's it for the show. Absolutely. Can I throw in one more quickie plug for plug um, NovaCon? NovaCon. NovaComic-Con.com. Um, coming up on July 28th through the 30th at the Ritz-Carlton in Tyson's Corner Galleria in McLean, Virginia. Um, I will definitely be there um, pro- pretty much the whole time. Awesome. Very good. Well, I believe that's about it. So, Miles, watch you take us out of the show. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see you. Do your dailies. <laughs>